0: hello everybody it is michael back with another episode of the under pressure podcast appreciate you guys support a ton i got a super long episode in this one so yeah let's get right into it first starting off with my part two of the top 50 players in the nba we're going 25 to 1 in this one number 25 we got trey young of the atlanta hawks coming off an excellent sophomore season for him A really, really special offensive talent. uh, Average about 29.5 points, 4.3 rebounds, 9.3 assists on uh, 43.7% from the field, 36% from 3 and 86% from the line. He's just so, so special on the offensive side of the ball. We all know his ability to shoot the ball is ridiculous. He's one of those rare players who can really, really shoot it from deep. Uh, I'd like to see him maybe moved off ball a little bit more, because I think that could truly unlock his shooting. Uh, We see that with Steph Curry on the Warriors, how even though he has the ability to handle the ball, he's one of the best ball handlers in the whole league. Uh, He's ran off ball a lot, and it really just unlocks his game even more, makes him just so, so efficient. So if the Hawks could get a secondary ball handler, uh, I've been a big eye on them, Uh, if they don't trade their sixth pick. Them getting Tyrese Halliburton, I think that'd be a beautiful fit, and I think they could really unlock Trey Young. But already Trey Young is so good. Uh, he has incredible vision. is one of the better passers in the league. Uh, that's something that from day one has been good about him. Even in this rookie season where his shot was really struggling, you could rely on him uh, to just make some beautiful passes and really help his teammates out. Uh, he's got an excellent floater game. He put on some muscle and got a lot better at attacking the basket. Uh, got 9.3 free throw attempts per game, which is really, really good. Uh, maybe would like to see him cut down on the turnovers just a little bit because 4.8 is a lot, but at the end of the day, he's a very high usage player. So I kind of expect a lot of turnovers, Uh, but yeah, Trey Young coming off a really good season. Obviously, we all know his uh, defensive uh, issues are a big thing, and some that's something that's just always going to follow him because he's very undersized and he's so focused on the offensive side of the ball that it's not like he can overcome that size with just putting in a ton of effort. Uh, He may honestly be the worst defender in the entire league, so that's something that's definitely just going to hold him back until he figures that. Uh, side the ball out a little bit more and then uh, continues to work on his offense even if he like statistically goes down a little bit if the efficiency goes up and if the Hawks are winning more then I'd honestly move him up in my rankings like he doesn't have to average nearly 30 and 10 next year if he averages a really efficient let's say 26 and like nine and the hawks are nearly a playoff team he's letting guys like john collins do his thing maybe cam reddish has a good season maybe DeAndre hunter has a good second season uh then i'd move trey young up but for now we got him at 25 and i think that's a very good spot for a second year player uh next we got kyle lowry of the toronto raptors coming off a really really good season uh i just love all the intangibles that kyle lowry brings to the game he's Just an excellent leader and someone I'd want on basically any team uh, because he is just such a good example for younger guys especially uh, and he just knows how to win games. He's uh, willing to give up him putting up big personal stats to help the team win and we saw him really lead a very good Toronto Raptors team this year. Uh, He shot the three ball very well, shot eight a game, and shot about 35%. Uh, He's great at drawing offensive fouls. That's something he's always been really good at. He's good at getting to the free throw line, got to the free throw line about six times a game, and shot really good from there, about 86%. He's an excellent playmaker. Uh, He's averaged about, like, seven-ish to seven and a half assists for these past couple of years and this was even with him being in the backcourt with Fred VanVleet who's also another guy who averaged about seven assists so that just shows how good his playmaking is I mean in 2019 where he was uh the lone like really good playmaker in the backcourt uh when he was alongside Danny Green he averaged nearly nine assists a game uh he did a excellent in the playoffs as well he was massive against the celtics in that seven game series he was so so good in that one and yeah i just love what kyle lowry brings to any playoff team uh and i think he's super super impactful Uh, i'd be interested to see what his future is with the toronto raptors uh because they will be looking to sign a big free agent in the 2021 offseason and he uh is gonna have a team option then So that would definitely be interesting to see, and I think, uh, especially if they let him go, he could go to basically any team and be very, very impactful. I think Kyle Lowry is super underrated and super underappreciated. He is uh, really, really good. Uh, Next, at 23, we got Paul George. Uh, He's someone who is just, I really just can't trust him in the playoffs anymore. He's disappointed me a ton in the playoffs, And he's still a guy who's super talented. And that's honestly the most frustrating thing, is that I know it's in there. I know he's really, really talented. Uh, He's a guy who can shoot the three ball so well. He shot almost eight a game and shot over 40%. That is elite stuff right there. We obviously know he's an incredible wing defender, one of the best in the entire league. He's got some of the best handles for a forward in the entire league. And he's just so, so smooth at the score. But his injuries are something that scare me. And then his playoffs are very, very iffy. He was just so bad uh, in this playoffs, especially in these big games. Like, he had some games here and there that were decent, but it'd be like, oh, he had a good game the third game against the Mavericks. Like, that doesn't matter. He completely choked in that game seven. We all know about the side of the backboard three. I mean, he shot eight and a half threes and shot 33. percent, like that's just not good uh, and he simply has to play better in the playoffs or I'm just not going to be able to rely on him he had the like one for 12 game a couple of years ago uh, when he was on the Thunder there's just so many moments where he's disappointing in the playoffs so yeah that's why I have Paul George this low he's a lot more talented than this spot but If you can't step up when it matters the most, then I have to have you this low. Uh, And, I mean, he could change that for sure because he was like a top 10 player last year. I mean, he came off a season where he averaged 28 points. He shot nearly 10 threes a game and shot uh, 38.5%. Like, he was incredible last year. And he was still decent in the regular season this year. But, again, it's just those playoffs. And, yeah, Paul George is number 23. Uh, Next, we got Donovan Mitchell coming off an excellent season, especially he steps his game up in the playoffs, but he was also very good in the regular season, averaged 24 points, about four and a half rebounds and 4.3 assists on 45% from the field, 36.6% from three and 86.3% from the line. Just a very, very good offensive player who's really rounded out his game, has become better as a playmaker. Uh, and is just getting better as a scorer every year. He's not taking like this massive leap, but he's just continuously getting better and better. And where he really stepped his game up uh, in was the playoffs. He was excellent in that playoff series. Uh, against the Denver Nuggets, he, him and Jamal Murray were just battling. And it was, some, it was something really special to watch. And I think Donovan Mitchell really sent in that. Obviously, I don't expect him to average 34.5 points on 53% from the field and uh, 51.5% from three on nearly nine attempts a game. Uh, but, yeah, just such a good season for jo- Donovan Mitchell. Really, really special stuff from him. Uh, and that playoffs just capped it off completely uh, It would have been cool to see them win that series But it's not Donovan Mitchell's fault at all They were a bit shorthanded with Bojan Bogdanovic being out And Donovan Mitchell had to make up that entire offense basically And he did an excellent job of it uh, And I think he's just really ascending to being one of the best players in the league Especially as a scorer He is, he is just an animal as a scorer uh, Next we got Devin Booker Another guy coming off such a good season, uh, nearly led the Suns to a playoff appearance, and he's someone who just is a natural scorer, a natural bucket, who uh, is really, really good at what he does. He's uh, such an excellent scorer from basically everywhere on the court. His three-point shot isn't great, and it's honestly something that's slightly disappointing, Uh, he shot 35% which isn't terrible but he's an absolute killer in the mid-range his mid-range game is deadly one of the best in the entire league he can handle the ball very well his playmaking is something that I feel is super underrated even next to Ricky Rubio who averaged like nine assists per game he's still a guy who averaged six and a half assists per game Uh, last season he averaged nearly seven and I thought because he was playing more of a point guard role he didn't really have another uh, guy next to him to facilitate I thought that I was a bit inflated, but no, he showed that he's uh, just generally a very, very good playmaker, and he's, he made some really special passes, because, like, I watched the Suns more closely than I ever did uh, in their 8-0 bubble run, and yeah, he made some very, very special passes. Devin Booker is just so, so good, Uh, and he's so just skilled and refined at what he does the defensive side of the ball is something he's probably just never going to be good at but he's gotten better and it's more of just an effort thing than anything uh because when the Suns are winning games he's engaged on that end he's also a super efficient free throw shooter shot about 92 percent on 7.3 uh per game that's very very good stuff from him And, yeah, I'm just loving the season that Devin Booker's coming off. And I think he's going to have a really good season next year as well. Uh, I think the Suns could definitely be a team that sneaks into the playoffs, uh, or they could be a team like the Sacramento Kings that are just there uh, and close but can't have that final push to make it. But, yeah, Devin Booker, super efficient offensive player who's really good as a playmaker, improving on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, And, yeah, he's just a special player. At number 20, we got Russell Westbrook. Uh, Honestly, I just really can't trust his ability in the playoffs. He's an excellent regular season player, and he was ridiculous in this regular season. I mean, averaged 27.2 points, about eight rebounds and seven assists on 47% from the field. Three-point shot was just atrocious. He basically completely stopped shooting them, which is a good thing and definitely shows some maturity from him. But, I mean, he shot 26% on them shot 76% for the line. But it's just his playoffs where I really can't trust Russell Westbrook. He's been a consistent underperformer in the playoffs, and every year it's a different excuse. Now, this year I yeah, I can give him that excuse for him being bad because he uh got COVID-19 before Uh, the bubble, and then he was coming off a quad injury. Completely understandable. He still has to be better, though. He was really, really bad. He was settling for the three-ball way too much. And that's what always happens in the playoffs for Russell Westbrook, is he settles for the three-ball way too much, even though he's not good at it. Like, in 2019, he shot 6.8 a game on 32%. Uh, He always uh, does that, especially when the game uh, gets slower, and he's not in transition a ton. He just always settles for that three ball uh and i just feel like he's been super inefficient uh in the playoffs especially he shot 36% from the field in 2019 shot 42% from the field uh this year and I, honestly i just can't rely on him uh when it matters the most cuz i feel like he plays way too erratic he plays way too out of control and i feel like a lot of times he puts up pretty empty numbers in the playoffs uh just on uh, a bunch of shots and then he's gonna get his assist because that's kind of just what he does uh, but I feel like a lot of those assists don't really mean much like, especially at the end of the day you can put up the best stats in the world but if you're not winning games especially when it matters the most then i really i just don't care. Like, I don't care that Russell Westbrook is putting up a triple-double if he's doing it on 35% and the Thunder lose because he's making boneheaded plays. Like, he he made some just straight-up terrible plays in 2019. I vividly remember uh, some just awful turnovers that cost the Thunder big time, and I just simply can't believe in Russell Westbrook. I was thinking about having him even lower, to be honest. But he's 20 for now, still a guy who's super athletic uh, and and can. Attack the basket like crazy, can get rebounds and really push the pace. Uh can uh dish it off to teammates when he's attacking the basket. Uh but he just can't shoot the three ball at all and he's been uh pretty disappointing in the playoffs, so I i just can't trust Russell Westbrook and honestly I wouldn't want him on my team. Uh next we got Bradley Beal, a ridiculous season for him where he averaged over thirty points. Uh, Six assists, 45% from the field, 35% from three, and 84% from the line. He's just one of the best scorers in the entire league, and that really shouldn't even be an argument. He's just so natural as a bucket getter. Uh, can really shoot the mid-range very well, uh, can shoot the three ball pretty well, 35% isn't anything special, but when you consider the difficulty of the attempts, and the amount of attempts, he shot 8.4 game, and most of those were off the dribble, a lot of difficult step back, three, stuff like that, and with him still shooting 35%, that's really, really impressive, can get to the free throw line well, got to the free throw line eight times a game, uh, Shot about 84% on there. Is a pretty good playmaker as well. That's something that he's definitely improved on. And just ever since John Wall uh, went out and he was the guy who really had to step up and be that guy uh, for the Washington Wizards, he improved his game a lot. Uh, like just a couple years ago, he was still a good player, but he was just like a 23-ish point scorer. He'd be an all-star here. He'd um, maybe miss an all-star game there, but... Now he's a truly bona fide uh, number one scorer. And I think if he was traded to a team, say like the Denver Nuggets, he could be a number one scorer on a team like that. That could be a championship team. Like Bradley Beale's a really, really special talent uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is something that uh, definitely has fallen off for him uh, just because it's something that he has to put so much focus on the offensive side of the ball that his defense is going to hold him back. Uh, and just as a whole, that Washington Wizards team has been so bad these past couple of years that it just really doesn't make sense for him to be playing super hard on that side of the ball. Uh, now with John Wallback, though, I think they could be a good team. I don't expect them to be like great or anything, but if they could be around the 7th day seed. They got some nice talent on that roster. Uh, they obviously have that backcourt. Uh, Rui Hachimura is coming off a really good rookie season. There's just a lot of nice pieces on their team. Definitely need to improve on the defense side of the ball, but I think Bradley Beal could lead them to a playoff spot with John Walla with him in the backcourt, and, uh, yeah, he's just coming off a great season, I think he's in for another one next season. Uh, at number 19, we got Klay Thompson. Obviously did miss the entire 2020 season as he uh, tore his ACL in game six of the Uh, 2019 NBA Finals but Klay Thompson one of the best shooters in NBA history that is just obvious he's literally shot over 40% from three every single year of his career and for these past couple years he shot uh, at least over 70 games and some years over eight he's just so so special as a three-point shooter and the most incredible thing is that he does it without almost ever dribbling the ball he just has basically mastered the art of moving off ball and is really impressive at, uh, at that. He's so, so good at moving off the ball and just getting himself open shots. He's uh, gotten better at handling the ball, too. It's definitely not something he's good at. Uh, but he can uh, go in the mid-range area sometimes, and he's pretty good at that. He's also a pretty good uh, guard in the post as well. Uh, And then his defense for wing is also really good. He just brings the two most valuable things uh, that teams value in the modern NBA, which is uh, three-point shooting and wing defense. He brings those two uh, things at at a truly elite level. He is very, very good at those two things. And, uh, yeah, he's just... Uh, so consistent, I can always expect Klay Thompson to just be good and be impactful. Because even if he's necessarily not having a good shooting game, which is, isn't like that's an often occurrence, uh, he's always going to be a threat out there, and he's always going to have that gravity just because he... Uh, everybody knows how good of a shooter Clay Thompson is. And other than this ACL tear, Klay Thompson has been an Man throughout his career. Like, if we look at his uh, just games played, 78, 73, 78, 80, 77, 81, 82, and 66 in his rookie season. He's been consistently healthy, and he's been consistently good throughout his entire career. I think him and Steph Curry are in for, uh, for a phenomenal season uh, next year. And I think they're going to be... Uh, true terror to the league I think a lot of people forgot how good that backcourt is I don't I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers or anything but I think they're going to be very very competitive I'm super interested to see what they do with the second pick because I think that could be a big impact on how good they are Uh, but yeah Klay Thompson easily have him as my 19th player he's so so good next we got Kyrie Irving one of the most offensively talented players of all time uh, just such an efficient guy. I think honestly, his offensive talent even goes slightly under the radar. Uh, cause I don't know if people realize just like how special he is on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, dude averaged in only twenty games, uh, but twenty-seven and a half points, five point two rebounds, six point four assists on about forty-eight percent from the field, thirty-nine percent from three, and ninety-two percent from the line. Uh, someone who can just shoot the ball ridiculously has been around a. A forty percent three-point shooter for most of his career, uh, and he shot. He shoots a pretty high volume too. Obviously, we know his ability to handle the ball. He's the greatest ball handler of all time is uh, so, so special as a ball ballander. Like, he is just ridiculous. Uh, he can pass the ball well, especially when he's, like, focused on passing. A lot of the times he can uh, not be a good playmaker and can be a bit of a ball stopper. But honestly, if you want anybody as a ball stopper, you want Kyrie Irving as a ball stopper because he... Is just so ridiculous on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, is one of the best finishers in the entire league, which sounds weird because he's obviously a small guy at only 6'2 and about 195 pounds. But it's, again, just all skill down there. He is so skilled around the basket, and he does such a good job of getting around defenders. He's excellent at finishing with both hands as well. He's a really, really good left-handed finisher uh, for him being a right-handed guy. Uh, And yeah, he's just one of the most offensively talented players I think we've ever seen. Um, And his health is definitely an issue, though. Kyrie Irving has consistently dealt with injuries. And that's something that's just really unfortunate about him. Uh, And that's something that it's obviously out of his control. He never would want to deal with these injuries. But at the end of the day, it's something that he does deal with. Uh, He's dealt with just so many different injuries. He had the shoulder injury this year. Uh, He's had a lot of knee stuff, which is very, very scary. Because knee things, especially uh, with guards like him... I'm always terrified of, and that's been a consistent issue with him, is his knees. So hopefully he can stay healthy, because at the end of the day, he's one of the most exciting players to watch, and you never want to see someone so talented like him uh, consistently go down with these injuries. Uh, And I think him and Kevin Durant are in for an excellent season next year. As long as the two of them can stay healthy, uh, they're going to be very, very good Kyrie Irving's presence on a locker room is something that's been questioned, and something that I've even questioned as well, especially as a Celtics fan who had to watch uh, that embarrassing 2019 season. Uh, But I think a lot of the things are overblown and taken out of context, and I think some of that is because of Kyrie as well. Like sometimes he just falls into the media's traps a lot, uh, but at the end of the day, he's just such a talented player, uh, and you just hope that this uh, locker room could stay together. And that he and Kevin Durant could stay healthy. Next, we got Carl Anthony Towns. Such a special player. Uh, the best th- three point shooting big men of all time. And I don't even think that should be an argument at all. Dude shot 7.93s per game and shot 41%. I feel like that, like everybody knows, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is a really good three point shooting big man. But I feel like that goes so under the radar. Like,. He shot 7.9 threes and shot 41%. He was hitting, like, step-back threes. These aren't just uh, all catch-and-shoot threes, even though he's really good at catch-and-shoot threes and he's excellent in the pick-and-pop. There were a lot of step-back, just difficult threes that he was able to hit. Uh, And he's incredible in the post as well, one of the most skilled post big men in the entire league. His playmaking is something that's definitely taken a step as he's averaged nearly four and a half assists per game, and he's just honestly the total package on offense. He gets offensive rebounds, uh, he can handle the ball, he can playmake. Uh, He can post up, he can hit the mid-range, he can hit the three better than any big in NBA history. Like, he just does absolutely everything on the offensive side of the ball, and I think he's so, so valuable. Uh, And I think this Timberwolves team has the potential to be good, and they're going to be so explosive on the offensive side of the ball. Largely due to them having Carl Anthony Towns, uh, he's just amazing on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is something that's uh, definitely questionable especially when he had like good defensive coaches in like tom thibodeau it was questionable for sure that he was still a poor defender uh, i don't know if it's just an iq thing i don't know if it's an effort thing i think it's probably more of maybe a little bit of a mix of both uh, so hopefully we can see him step up on that side of the ball because that's definitely going to be an issue for the timberwolves but even if he doesn't necessarily he's just so good on the offensive side of the ball that he would still be high ranked for me even though he hasn't won uh that much so far in his career and he's not a good defender. He I just can't look at the offensive side of the ball and think he's not one of the best players in the entire league. Uh next we got Ben Simmons. Uh really an excellent season for him. Uh maybe even a little bit of an underrated one. Uh he averaged about sixteen and a half points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Uh and his defense was a spectacle to watch this season. He was ridiculous as a defender. Uh one of the best defenders in the entire league. I feel like he should have put been put way more in the defensive player of the year conversation because he's one of those rare guys that I can truly trust to guard one through five cause he's so athletic, he's so quick on his feet, but he's also so big and so strong. He's six ten and two hundred and forty pounds playing the point guard position and he's just so versatile on the defensive side of the ball. He's a great defensive playmaker, averaged two point one steals per game, uh And, yeah, it's just someone who's so versatile on that side of the ball. Uh, I think – in that Celtics series if he's there I don't think he's going to lock up like Jason Tatum by any means cuz Jason Tatum is one of the best offensive players in the league but he's going to do a damn good job of containing him cuz he's just so so special on the defensive side of the ball that's something that you really saw him put all his effort into uh, and it really paid off with him being one of the best defenders in the entire league cuz that was something that honestly was maybe even slightly disappointing about him in previous se- seasons cuz like he would show flashes and he was a good defender but he wasn't really a great defender that we all knew he could be. And then he just w- went from being like a good and above average defender to one of the f- like five best defenders in the entire league. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, shooting is something that obviously he isn't good at uh, and it's something that he's going to need to work on. But he is uh, excellent at attacking the basket with that size, is one of the best playmakers in the entire league, is ridiculous in transition. He's a guy who can really just. Dis- uh, grab the ball off the glass and take it all the way, either uh, take it himself or get it to a teammate. Uh, and yeah, he's uh, still has to work on a lot of things on the offensive side of the ball. I'd like to see him like setting screens a lot more, uh, just so he's a little more valuable. Uh, because I feel like a lot of times, especially when like Joel Embiid is posting up, I feel like a lot of times he's just kind of there. Uh, but yeah. A good season for uh, Ben Simmons, and I have him probably higher than most would. And uh, number 15, I just think he's so, so valuable. And number 14, we got a guy who proves a lot of people wrong last season. We got Chris Paul. Chris Paul was amazing last season. I just absolutely loved everything that he did. Uh, he averaged 17.6 points, 5 rebounds, 6.7 assists, uh, 49% of the field, 36.5% for 3 and over 90% for the line. He was just really special last year uh, and was much better uh, than a lot of people expected uh, and caused the uh, Thunder to be way better than most people expected a- uh, I expected them to be around like a 10th seed, uh, a team that could fight in some games, could just maybe surprise you and be a playoff team here and there, but at the end of the day, wouldn't be that good of a team, but no, they were, they were the fourth or fifth seed, they were really, really good, uh, and he's just such an efficient offensive player. I mean, he shot 49% of the field, 36.5% from three on 4.3 attempts, uh, was an excellent free-throw shooter, only got to the line four times. We all know he's a wizard as a playmaker, one of the smartest players to uh, ever step into the league. Even though this was his lowest assist season, he you got to keep in context that he also was playing with some pretty talented guards next to him. They ran a lot of three-guard stuff, so... Uh, obviously his assists are going to go down when you have uh, more playmakers and more ball handlers around him uh, but i just think the uh, veteran presence that he brought to that team was so so valuable you really saw guys like shagos alexander ascend to be a lot better uh, he also stayed healthy which is something that was a big issue f- for him throughout his career uh, but he uh, switched to a vegan diet and that just seemed to completely rejuvenate him he had a lot to prove and he proved that he's still one of the 15 best players in the league in my opinion was an absolute killer uh, in the clutch for them especially he was uh, one of the most efficient players in the clutch in the entire league was still a really good defender I just think he is so so valuable and I think uh, if any team trades for them that's going to be a huge W for them uh, because Chris Paul is Chris Paul's just that dude uh, and he's coming off an excellent season At number 13, we got Joel Embiid uh, is a player who is one of the most talented players in the entire league, but consistently uh, is either injured or uh, looks like he doesn't have his diet uh, under full control and he's just not dominating enough. Because, honestly, if Joel Embiid was, like, completely healthy, he's the best big man in the league. Like, he's a special, special talent. Well, he's the second-best big man in the league behind Anthony Davis. But the issue is he's not always fully healthy. Like, if we look at his 2019 season, dude averaged 27.5 points, 13.6 rebounds, and basically two blocks a game. Like, he was incredible that season. He was so, so good. And then this season, he was just... He was just decent, like 23 points, 11.6 rebounds. He wasn't that same guy. He, he wasn't that same guy on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he definitely wasn't the defensive player of the year candidate that he was in previous seasons. And overall, the 76ers were super disappointing. His health is something that's always an issue. Uh, he hasn't had like a big injury in a while, but it's just a lot of tic-tac injuries here and there. It's a lot of him uh, not being... Uh, fully healthy but still uh, playing and just not having that full impact that you know he can have because he's again he's so so special Uh, just strictly as a talent he's one of the most talented players in the entire league so and that's the frustrating thing is is that you know he can be better you know there's another level to his game that he just hasn't unlocked yet And until he unlocks it, he's not going to be able to be much higher. Because other guys are staying healthy, playing consistent, great basketball. While on the other hand, Joel Embiid is getting injured for five games. uh, And then he's back, but he's uh, overweight. And yeah, it's just a lot of things to Joel Embiid's game that are frustrating. He was pretty disappointing in the playoffs. Uh, He did have to. be relied on a lot but especially in the second half and that just shows the issue with joe Embiid's health is that uh, he'd have an act ex- basically every game against the celtics he has an excellent first half and then the second half he does nothing because uh, he's tired and he is out of shape so he's now settling for threes he's just kind of throwing shots up he's turning over the ball He's fouling too much. It's just a lot, a lot of that stuff with Joel Embiid that's really frustrating to watch. Uh, at number twelve, we got Jason Tatum. An amazing third season for Jason Tatum. Really uh, rose his game to a whole nother level. Averaged about twenty-three and a half points. Uh, seven rebounds at three assists on 45% of the field, 40% from three and 80, uh, 1.2% of the line. He really took over as the Celtics' number one guy, uh, and he was just excellent this season. His scoring uh, rose to a whole nother level. He really, really improved his uh, three-point shot. He was a very good three-point uh, shooter in the previous seasons, but it, it was mostly off the catch and shoot. He was able to hit uh, the off the dribble threes like crazy this year. His ability to hit sidestep threes was really impressive. Uh, that's something that truly became like a go-to thing for him was those sidestep threes, and he was elite at them. I mean, he shot seven point one threes and shot over forty percent. That's special stuff right there. Uh, He's an excellent defender. I feel like he's honestly really underrated as a defender. He doesn't get nearly enough credit as he should. He's one of the best wing defenders in the entire league. He's an all-NBA-level defender because he has great size, and he puts in so much effort on that end. For him having the offensive load that he does to still put in such great effort on the defensive end, I think that's what really just pushes him over the edge Uh, And yeah, he's so good on the offensive side of the ball as well Is someone who can attack the basket. Great. Uh, We've seen him poster so many times. He's he has great footwork around the basket. He can obviously shoot the mid range ball very well. That's something that he's been able to do for a while now. Three point shot is incredible. He is the entire offensive package. And he really uh, stepped up his playmaking, which was basically his only weakness on the offense side of the ball was his playmaking. But in the playoffs, he averaged five assists per game. And he was the Celtics' basically number one playmaker. I feel like his playoff run went so under the radar. Just because the Celtics lost, people act like he wasn't good in the playoffs. He was great in the playoffs. He averaged almost 26 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, like, that is such impressive stuff. And it's not even on bad efficiency. About 34, uh, 43.5%, uh, 37% from three, uh, and 81% from the line. That Like, that's decent efficiency. And those are excellent numbers from an excellent young player who has to be up there for players you build around. Maybe you'd go Luka, Giannis. And then I think it has to be Jason Tatum. Like, he's a really, really special dude. Uh, And I'm so excited for what's in store for him next season. I think he's just going to be even better. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if we see him be a guy who averages like 25 points, eight rebounds, uh, four four assists, a steal and a block, like a steal and a half, a block. He's going to be great next season. I think he's just going to continue to get better every year. Uh, And yeah, he proved by far why he's the best uh, player on the Celtics team. He's really, really special. At number 11, we got Damian Lillard. Uh, A really great season for him. Uh, Even though the Portland Trailblazers were disappointing, they dealt with a ton of injuries. I feel like a lot of people just don't put that into context, especially when they're having uh, debates about Damian Lillard. They dealt with so many injuries. You had Yusuf Nurkic, who was their third best player, uh, injured for the entire season other than the bubble you had Rodney Hood who was a really nice piece for them uh Tara's Achilles very early on in the season uh Zach Collins was in and out of the lineup uh and yeah they had to rely just on a lot of guys who simply weren't good because their depth was something that was always an issue so when you're dealing with injuries it really stands out how just bad your team is But he was still great. He averaged 30 points, 4.3 rebounds, and 8 assists on 46% of the field, 40% for three, and about 89% of the line. The most impressive thing is the three-point shot. He's been a great three-point shooter throughout his entire career, basically. He's always been a guy who shot uh, at least six a game, and has shot uh, really good percentages. But... Dude shot 10 threes a game on 40%. Like, he rose to a whole nother level as a three-point shooter. And that is one of the best three-point shooting uh, seasons of all time. Like, that cannot go understated, how he literally had one of the best three-point shooting seasons in NBA history. He was excellent. He's uh, basically him and Steph are the guys who shoot in the deep all the best. Steph is still Uh, the best at three-point shooting shooting from deep but Damian Lillard Damian Lillard is up there he's a great free throw shooter uh, and gets the line 7.8 times per game also I feel like he's pretty underrated as a playmaker I mean he averaged eight assists like he's a good playmaker Uh, especially out of the pick and roll he's excellent in the pick and roll finishes at the basket well. he can just do literally everything on the offensive side of the ball he's an excellent ball handler like he's everything you'd want on the offensive side of the ball definitely has limitations on the defensive side of the ball due to his size and due to him having to be relied on so much on offense him being only six to 195 pounds and having that big of a load you never expect uh, that player to be a good defender but uh, yeah he was just great last season uh, and it's it can't go understated how good he was uh, and number 10 we got jimmy g buckets jimmy Butler came off an amazing season for the Miami Heat. Uh, really just rose his game to a whole nother level that I didn't even know was there. Like, I obviously knew Jimmy Butler was a good player, was like a top 15-ish player in the entire league. Uh, but I didn't know he could be this good. In the regular season, he was very solid. Averaged 19.9 uh, points, so basically 20 points, 6.7 rebounds, 6 assists on 45% of the field. Uh, Shot the three ball terribly. That was something that was really weird as he's never been a good three point shooter by any means, but he was just straight up bad. Like he's always been around uh, 35 ish uh, on like three attempts, at least for the past couple of years, but he shot 24% on only two attempts per game. Uh, But got to the free throw line like crazy. That was something that he really relied on, especially in the regular season. He's always been good at getting to the free throw line, and he just continued to do that. He got to the line 9.1 times a game, shot very well from there. Uh, That generated him a lot of points. Is one of the best uh, wing defenders in the entire league. Great at getting steals, great at getting in passing lanes. And it's a true lockdown one-on-one defender. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler had a really good regular season, but it's in the playoffs where he stepped up the most. He was so good in the playoffs, uh, especially in that finals. He averaged 22 points in the playoffs, uh, 6.5 rebounds, 6 assists on excellent efficiency, 49%, shot 35% from three, got to the line 9.1 times a game and shot 86%, uh, but it was just really that playoff, uh, that finals, I mean, where he was ridiculous he was incredible in the playoffs uh in the finals like keep, keep saying the playoffs which i mean he was good in the playoffs as a whole but in the finals he rose his game to a whole nother level uh had multiple uh 30 point triple doubles had that crazy 40 point triple double game where he just willed the heat uh to a win he willed the heat uh who were very undermatched and were dealing with injuries Uh, To two wins against a a truly incredible Lakers team. Uh, He was so good. And uh, what he brings as a leader uh, and as a culture changer, I also have to take that into account as well. uh, Because he really is someone who uh, just goes into a locker room and demands the best out of his guys. And some people simply aren't going to take that. Guys like uh, Andrew Wiggins aren't going to be mentally strong enough to handle that. But guys like Tyler Hero, uh, Bam Adebayo, we saw those guys take it head on and rise their game and play some excellent basketball. So, yeah, even though Jimmy Butler has been called toxic, has been called a bad locker in presence, I think that's so far from the truth. I just think that's guys who uh, can't handle being demanded excellence out of them. And, yeah, Jimmy Butler was excellent. Uh, And is my number... Tenth player in the entire league, and next we got at number nine, second year player, second year stud, Luka Doncic, an amazing season for Luka Doncic. Averaged 28.8 points, 9.4 rebounds, 8.8 assists on 46% from the field, 31.5% from three, and 75.8% from the line. One of the best uh, second seasons of all time. Was probably the best 20-year-old we've ever seen. I mean, LeBron has an argument for that for sure. But I would honestly give it to Luka Doncic. Like, he was ridiculous. Uh, one of the best offensive players in the entire league already. We all know his ability to make. His ability to make is out of this world. Like, he has some of the most special passes I've ever seen. And he's one of those rare guys who can really, really see things before they happen. Uh, and he just had so many impressive passes i'm sure there's like a 20 minute video on youtube of just all Luka Doncic's best passes uh one one thing i feel is incredibly underrated about him is his ability to attack the basket people who really watch him you know he's one of the best slashers in the entire league which sounds weird because he's not this big athletic guy uh but he attacks the basket with skill with patience and with excellent footwork and body control He uh, has so many beautiful, just nice Euro steps, and he does such a good job. He's mastered the ability to bump off people and finish still. He's excellent at finishing through contact, and even though he uh, may not stand out as this guy who's, like, jacked, he is strong as hell. He is so, so strong and so good at just going through people due to that strength. Uh, The strength also definitely helps him be a rebounder, uh, and they run a system where Uh, It's relied on him to rebound because then he brings the ball up and he really pushes it in transition. He has uh, a lot of just beautiful passes where he gets the rebound and he's throwing it full court to super athletic guys like Dorian Finney-Smith. And, yeah, Luka is such a special player. Uh, Had an excellent playoff run as well. Uh, That playoffs against the Clippers, he was amazing. Uh, Especially, he just showed so much poise Uh, and so that he's just one of the best players in the entire league. I could have him even higher. I was really thinking about having him at like eight, uh, but I put him at nine for now. He averaged 31 points, 9.2, re- uh, 9.8 rebounds and 8.7 assists. Uh, he had that crazy game winner. Uh, he had a bum ankle as well. And he was still doing that on great efficiency shot, 50% with the field, 36 and percent from three, uh, got to the line 10.7 times a game. He was amazing in that Clippers series and he's, Uh, Just a really special player. Would like to see him improve on the three ball for sure. I feel like he's honestly a little bit underrated as a three point shooter because some people call him a bad three point shooter, which is far, far from the truth. But you got to consider that a lot of these shots he's taking are super difficult. uh, And he's a very high volume uh, three point shooter who is a high usage player as well. Like, he's not a great three point shooter. The thing is, he's an average three point shooter who's taking shots like he's an elite three-point shooter. That's the issue with the three-point percentage. But yeah, I think he's in for a great season. Honestly wouldn't be surprised uh if he's a top 5 player soon. Like he's special special. I love Luka Doncic so much. Easily my favorite player in the league. Uh he's just amazing. And next, we got Nikola Jokic. Uh he another guy coming off an excellent playoff run. Where he surprised a lot of people, uh, led the Nuggets to two three one comebacks. They were competitive in the Lakers series. He was just great uh, in the regular season, averaged twenty points, about ten rebounds, and seven assists on fifty three percent of the field, thirty one percent from three, and eighty one percent from the line. But as someone I can always rely on uh, to step his game up in the playoffs, and by no means is he bad in the regular season. But sometimes you could tell he's just kind of uh, chilling, and he's not like playing. Uh, as hard as he could or also he's uh, not fully in shape but he's always someone who plays himself into shape uh, in the season uh, and then plays great in the playoffs he averaged 24 and a half points 9.8 rebounds 5.7 assists uh, is the best passing big man of all time his three-point shot in the uh, last uh, both of the last playoffs has been really good Uh, it's been bad in the regular season both times and then he shot uh, four attempts on 39% in 2019 and shot uh, five attempts on 43% this year. Uh, the Clippers absolutely couldn't guard him. He was a matchup nightmare for them as they just had no one who could match up with all that skill in Nikoli Okic. Uh They would try and double him. And again, he's the greatest passing big man of all time. Like, what are you doing? But then they don't double him and he's dominating them in the post. They just couldn't do anything. Uh, Yeah, Nikola Jokic is just coming off an incredible season, great playoffs, uh, and he was really, really good. I think he's uh, well-deserved to be the number eight player in the league. Number seven, we got James Harden, one of the best scorers of all time. Uh, Averaged 34 points, uh, 6.6 rebounds, and 7.5 assists on 44% from the field, uh, 35.5% from three, uh, and 86.5% from the line. He's just, uh, and he's just a beast at generating points. I don't think the style of basketball is a winning style, though. That is what my one issue with James Harden, is that these numbers are great. They're very cool to see on their special stuff. But he is not going to win a championship playing the style of basketball at all. There's no chance that he is gonna win a championship playing this style of basketball he takes way too many difficult shots and relies way too much on these difficult step back shots on going in i mean he took 12.43s a game and he's a very good three-point shooter he's excellent as a three-point shooter but 12.4 game and considering like how many of those are step back threes that's just not something i like to see at all uh he's We all know he's great at getting to the free throw line, but that also usually cuts down in the playoffs. They're not going to call as much uh, tic-tac fouls. You're not going to get to the line 11.8 times, at least for the most part. He's a great playmaker, and that's something that's basically always been there for him. But I would honestly like to see him used as a playmaker more. Uh, I would like to see him put more in the pick and roll, but they really couldn't do that when they went to the small ball because the whole point of the small ball is to have versatility and to be able to Uh, switch but the other team could switch as well because they're so small and they're not going to dominate you in the post there Robert Covington's not going to take advantage of your point guard uh, if he's posted up at least for the most part Uh, and yeah I just don't like the style of basketball that James Harden has played for these past couple years because the thing is I know how good he is I know how talented he is on the offensive side of the ball so I hate to see it being wasted and honestly I'd like to see a change of scenery for James Harden because uh, I just think with a better coach, uh, even though we're going to see how uh, Stephen Silas is as a coach, uh, but I think honestly it's probably going to be a similar si- style of basketball just because of how uh, like deep they've gone into this and how much of a hole they've dug themselves in, uh, putting themselves in this uh, small ball system that just really uh, isn't that effective. And even though it, it helps uh, Russell Westbrook a ton, I don't think it helps them actually win games. Uh, but yeah, James Harden is a special offensive talent, but I want to see him better, be better in the playoffs. Because even though he always puts up good numbers, and this is the annoying thing about James Harden's fans, is that they always bring up the numbers. And the numbers are cool. Uh, cool, like you're getting your numbers. You're averaging about like 30 points per game. But they never bring up these consistent moments where he's underperforming. Uh, in 2020 uh, playoffs, I cannot take anything away from him at all. He was excellent in the 2020 playoffs. That's not his fault at all that they lost. Uh, He was being doubled so much, and he really just couldn't do anything because that was how simplistic their offensive system was. Uh, The second James Harden got double-teamed, they were just completely lost on how to do literally anything. But these other playoffs, he has consistent moments of underperforming uh, at the biggest moments. He completely choked against the Spurs a couple years ago and against the Warriors, he would always just have this one game where he needs to perform better. I remember the game that Steph Curry went off for over 30 points in the second half. Uh, and James Harden basically did nothing uh, for the in the fourth quarter. And the Rockets lost that game. And that was a series without Kevin Durant. They completely should have won that game. And that's my issue with James Harden in the playoffs. He's obviously so talented and so good at what he does. Uh, but he just needs to perform better at the biggest stage. Uh, number six, we got Anthony Davis. Argued a ton with myself about putting him at number five, but I gave Giannis the slight edge over him. But Anthony Davis is very, very close for me to being a top five player. Uh, is someone who is so skilled on the offensive side of the ball, shot the mid-range ridiculously, especially in the playoffs. His three-point shot uh, is something that's getting better uh, and definitely showed some signs of potentially being very solid. I averaged 26 points 9.3 rebounds, 3.2 assists on 50 percent of the field 33 percent from three and uh 84.6 percent from the line the lebron in eighty pick and roll whenever they ran it was ridiculous and unstoppable one of the best post players uh in the entire league and then is a def- uh, defensive player of the year candidate every single year mixed with that offense that's really really good stuff from him there he's Always been one of the best shot blockers in the entire league. Has averaged over two per game since his second season. Uh, Averaged 2.3 this season. Is also a guy that racks up steals well. Averaged 1.5 per game. Uh, He's just the crazy mix of being such a good defender as well as being a great offensive player and then he always has stepped this game up in the playoffs and it was put on full display when he was uh, making that championship run he averaged 27.7 points 9.7 rebounds 3.5 assists uh, 1.2 steals 1.4 blocks shot the three ball excellently shot 2.9 per game and shot 38 percent like I said I could just always rely on him whenever he's in the playoffs to step up and play his best basketball there and now that he has a true uh, guy alongside him in lebron uh, he's going to continue to just play excellent and he's a big reason why have him as the favorite to repeat uh, they're just so so good and anthony davis is a massive part of that a lot of the times he was the lakers best player lebron is still definitely the lakers best player but anthony davis has his moments and yeah he's a, a really really special talent and excellent season for him Number five, we got Giannis Tentacumpo. Uh Honestly, this is my last season. If he disappoints again in the playoffs, have to put Anthony Davis about above him. Have to think about putting James Harden above him. Maybe even have to think about putting a guy like Nikola Jokic or Luka Doncic above him. Uh, but I still gave him uh, the spot for now. He averaged 29.5 points, 13.6 rebounds, 5.6 assists. On 55% of the field, 30% from three, and 63.3% of the line was incredible in the regular season. Again, MVP is a regular season award, so Giannis fully deserved that award. He was amazing. And you have to consider he only played 30 minutes a game, too. Like, that is ridiculous. He pulled down 13.6 rebounds in 30 minutes. If you look at his per 36 stats, which I think are bad stats to look at for guys who like really don't play much at all. But for someone like Giannis, who could realistically play 36 minutes, dude averaged 35 points, 16.1 rebounds and 6.6 assists per 36. That is ridiculous stuff from him right there. Three point shot improved a lot is still far from good. Uh, but is taking steps every single year. He shot four point seven a game, and had some streaks where he was really shooting the three ball well. We all know his ability to attack the basket. Uh, he's just truly uh, like a once in a generation player, especially as far as his build. Like his build is ridiculous. He's six eleven, can handle the ball, uh, and is also one of the strongest players in the entire league, which helps him attack the basket, which helps him uh, be a very good defender. Uh, He was the defensive player of the year as well as someone who's so versatile on that side of the ball and can do a lot of different things um, and can rebound the ball like crazy. But I just have to see him be better in the playoffs, especially this playoffs. He was super disappointing. He was great against an Orlando Magic team that was bad, uh, but then completely just disappointed so much against the Miami Heat was... (laughs) Just so underwhelming in that series, and yeah, he's got to be better. He's got to step up at the biggest moments. Like even uh, in last year's playoffs, he was great against the. Uh, he was great in the first round against a terrible Pistons team. He was great against the Celtics, where they didn't have the personnel to guard him at all. They were putting like semi O'Jale on him. Then he faces the Raptors, where they have the personnel, they do the wall, completely shut down, especially when Kawhi was put on him. Uh, he goes against the Heat, do the wall, put Mamet Adebayo on him, put guys like Jay Crowder on him, uh, and he's completely shut down. He's got to be better in the playoffs, and he very well could be moved down. Number four, we got Stephen Curry. I'm expecting a massive season for Stephen Curry, where he proves a lot of these people wrong, because so many people have forgotten how amazing Steph Curry is. Uh, obviously we all know the best three-point shooter in nba history i mean he's a career 43 and percent three-point shooter on 8.2 per game that is ridiculous in 2019 he shot 11.7 per game and shot almost 44 uh, percent also someone who is an incredible ball handler who is one of the best free throw shooters in the entire league and it's been a consistent uh nine night- 90 to over 90 percent guy one of the better playmakers in the entire league even though he may not average a ton of assists uh he has so much gravity that that definitely helps him be uh, a great playmaker It's just how much gravity he has as a shooter especially when he's running off screens like the whole defense has to watch Steph Curry because if you give him an inch of space he's gonna hit that because he's just such a good shooter uh and then his ability on the defensive end isn't something that's ever going to be great but he's a very smart player on that side and he's a good team defender uh he's not a good individual defender at all and that's something that he's always struggled with but his team defense is actually very good he's good at getting into passing lanes and he's good at just knowing where to be he's just such a smart player who is so skilled on the offensive ball can really just do everything uh is someone who plays well in the playoffs every time i feel like his Uh, playoff underperformances have gone so overblown like he's a really good playoff performer guys I mean in the playoffs he averages 10.5 threes per game and shot and shoots 40 percent on them Uh, like he's just a ridiculous player honestly especially with him missing the season I grew a whole nother appreciation for Steph Curry in his game like I always appreciated what he did but like in a weird way him missing the season honestly made him one of my favorite players. Cause I just missed watching him on the court so much. And yeah, I can't wait to see him and Clay Thompson out there doing their thing yet again. Uh, and number three, we got Kevin Durant. I am definitely worried about how his injury will affect him. Uh, And I definitely could have him lower, but just going off what we last seen of him, I have to have him at number three still. He's someone who could go down a lot. He could go up to number one, honestly, because Kevin Durant is one of the best scores we've ever seen. Uh, He's so ridiculously efficient, has always been a really good three-point shooter throughout his career, shoots... I uh, shot about 5 per game and shot 38% is a killer in the mid-range and that's something that's just so reliable for him. He can always go to that. Uh he's great free throw shooter has shot uh 7.7 per game throughout his career and shot 88%. Uh can rebound the ball well, can play make pretty well too. How he average uh Nearly six assists per game in 2019 with the Golden State Warriors. is uh, a pretty good defender as well. I That's the thing I'm most worried about, how his uh, injury will affect him, is on the defensive side of the ball. Because uh, I think his offense will maybe be hit a little bit, but I think he'll still be very good. I'm just more worried about how uh, the defense will be hit by that injury but yeah Kevin Durant is just one of the most skilled offensive players we've ever seen like if you just look at his career stats 27.7 rebounds four assists on 49 percent of the field 38 percent from three and 88 percent from the line he is so so special and last time we saw him he was making a very good argument for being the best player uh in the world he had just some incredible games and had some incredible moments uh, in the playoffs for that Warriors team uh he averaged 32 points in the playoffs in 2019 for the Warriors. Uh, he was incredible. Shot 6.73 as a game and shot like 44%. Uh, he shot 51% of the field, 90% of the line. Uh, had uh, four and a half assists per game. He was ridiculous last time we saw him. And I think he's uh, in for a good season next year. I don't know if he'll be exactly the same guy, but I think he'll still be very, very good. At number two, we got Kawhi Leonard. Definitely a disappointing uh, ending of the season for him as he uh, completely choked in game seven. I have to criticize him for that because I had him as the best player in the world before. Uh, And LeBron completely retook that. Kawhi's no longer the best guy. But I feel like Kawhi's playoffs are way overblown. Like, other than that one game, and obviously it's like, oh, other than that one game, the most important game. and it is, there's no excuse for him playing as bad as he did. But other than that one game, he was amazing in the playoffs. He was absolutely not the reason they blew the 3-1 lead. He, I mean, he averaged 28 points in the playoffs and 49% uh, shooting. Like, he was really, really good. He got 9.3 rebounds, 5.5 assists. 2.3 steals per game. Like he was very, very good, but didn't step up when it mattered the most. And you definitely got to criticize him for that. Uh, did have a great regular season as, season as well. Averaged 27 points, seven rebounds, and basically five assists on 47 percent of the field, 38 percent of the three, and 88 and half percent of the line. It's become one of the most efficient offensive players in the entire league while still being an excellent defender. Uh, isn't as good as. Of defender as he was in like his prime San Antonio days, where he was more focused on the defense side of the ball. Definitely is more focused on offense now, but it's still a great defender. Uh, and I still have him as the number two player in the league. And number one, we got LeBron, retook his throne completely for being the number one guy in the league. Uh, coming off a ridiculous season where he uh, won. Uh, the championship, one finals MVP, averaged 25 points, 7.8 rebounds, 10.2 assists, 49% of the field, 35% of three, 69% of the line, uh, free throw shooting, just something he's never going to be good at, uh, but did have his best season as a playmaker as he played a much more of a point guard role than he ever had in his career. Uh, he was ridiculous in the playoffs, averaged uh, 27.6 points, uh, 10.8 rebounds, 8.8 assists, uh, scored super efficiently uh, 56% of the field 37% from three uh, free throw shooting was even a bit better at 72% uh, LeBron was just excellent and yeah he's the number one player in the world uh, the king definitely completely retook a stone for me I want to take a break and I'll be right back to bring you guys some scouting reports Okay, I'm back to bring you guys some scouting reports on upcoming prospects in the 2020 NBA Draft. I'm about 60 prospects done. Uh, Trying to get these last couple done before the NBA Draft so I can bring you guys uh, my 60-to-pick mock draft. That'll be coming soon. And yeah, let's get right into it. First, talking about C.J. Ellaby. He's a 20-year-old, 6'6", 224. Uh, slash guard out of washington state he averaged 18.4 points 7.8 rebounds and 1.9 assists on 39.6 percent from the field 33.9 percent from three uh, and 82.3 percent from the line Uh, my strengths are that he's very good size and length for a wing he's an excellent rebounder for his size with him uh, pulling down 7.8 per game that's really good stuff uh, there Uh, he has the ability to hit pull off Pull-up shots off the dribble. Uh, He does a good job of using step backs to get himself open. He is a really nice step back. Uh, He can make tough shots at times. He's a good spot-up shooter. Gets to the free throw line well. Uh, Is a very solid free throw shooter. Uh, Plays hard on the defensive end. Does a good job of staying in a defensive stance and being engaged off ball, which is an issue for a lot of uh, younger players. He pressures the ball very well and forces turnovers. Uh, And He fits the modern mold of being a 3-and-D wing. My weaknesses are that he needs to become a better finisher, and he really struggles to finishing uh, traffic and through contact. He can take some very questionable so- shots, especially when it looks like he's getting uh, frustrated. Like if he maybe missed a couple shots in a row, or if he can't beat his defender, sometimes he can just throw off a pretty bad shot. Uh, and he can settle for contested big range shots, like I said, when he can't beat his defender, Uh And his lack of elite first stuff definitely limits his ability to get to the basket. Uh, His shot mechanics are pretty long and slow. Like, he has a very weird shot mechanic that uh, may not uh, transition to the NBA. Uh, he isn't great at creating his own shot. His playmaking doesn't stand out. It's not like bad by any means, but it's just—it's definitely not good. Uh, he needs to put on more muscle. His ceiling is definitely limited due to his pretty average athleticism and his basketball IQ can be questioned sometimes. Uh, I have him as a top fifty to sixty prospect. Uh, and i'm fitting best with the hawks because they just need as many 3d wings alongside trey young as they can get and my comparison for him is ken basemore i think that's a perfect comparison Uh, two guys who can shoot the ball well who can be good defenders uh, but can take questionable shots at times Uh, and a former hawk Uh, next i'm gonna talk about uh, philip petrusev he's a 20 year old 6'11, 235 pound center slash forward out of gonzaga he averaged 17.5 points 7.9 rebounds and 1.5 assists on 56.2% uh, of the field, 18.2% from three, and 65.6% from the line. My strengths are that he's excellent touch around the basket, very good f- footwork, excels in the low post, is a really, really good low post score. Has good jump shot form, uh, has shown some stretch big potential with the ability to step out uh, to hit mid-ranges and to hit threes here and there. Uh, He's a good rebounder, especially on the offensive board, does a great job of getting his team extra possessions. He has solid mobility for his size. He sets good screens and rolls to the rim well. Uh, He's a smart defender who does a good job of positioning himself in the correct place. Uh, He does a good job of timing uh, to contest and block shots. And he's overall just a very smart player who has a good feel for the game. Uh, My weakness is he's uh, not great athleticism uh, as he lacks the vertical pop to be a good shot blocker. and overall, his athleticism is just pretty underwhelming. Uh, he may struggle the guard on the perimeter and in the pick and roll, even though he has solid mobility. Uh, it's definitely by no means great, and he may get beat by, bigger, uh, by quicker players. Uh, though the shooting is something that showed potential, it's not something that he goes too often. Definitely would like to see um, improve that more, and I think that's how he could carve himself out a role in the NBA. Uh, he needs to improve his fit. Uh, free throw shooting for sure 65% of the line just isn't very good his face-up game isn't great as he uh, isn't very comfortable as a ball handler and uh, not great as a playmaker his ceiling is pretty low low and it may be hard for him to really just carve out a role in the nba especially if he can't improve that shooting if he's a guy who's just a solid low post big who's a decent shooter then i don't really know if he has necessarily a fit in the nba i have him as a top 60 to 70 prospect i'm fitting best with the hornets because they need more of an interior presence and rebounding my comparison for him is myers leonard uh i don't know if he'll ever be the shooter that Myers leonard is but they definitely have a similar size similar build uh and some similar ability for sure uh, next, talking about Jay Scrub. He's a 20 year old, 6'6, 200 uh, pound guard out of uh, John John A. Uh, Logan College, which is a Juco college. Uh, he averaged 21.9 points, 6.8 rebounds, and 2.7 assists on 50% from the field, uh, 33.3% from three, and 72.7% from the line. My strengths are that he is in- uh, incredible leaping ability he has a reported 40 inch vertical which is just out of this world he finishes at the basket very well uh, does a great job of finishing through contact has a quick first step that allows him to blow uh, by defenders his shooting has definitely showed some potential he can hit deep shots very well he has an impressive ball handing ability uh, and he can break down defenders with ease he could score in a variety of ways being a three-level scorer he uh, gets to the free throw line very well. He's a Madison transition who uh, uses his great athleticism to his full advantage. He's a great lob target, has very good size and length with him being six 6'6" has a guard, uh, he's an in- and just incredible overall as an athlete. He has all the tools to be a very good defender with that size and athleticism. And he's a very good shot blocker uh, for a guard with some impressive chase downs. And he's uh, just a player with a super high ceiling who has a lot of potential. My weakness is he can take some very reckless shots at times. He takes way too many contested shots, uh, misses open teammates far too often while attacking the basket, and then settles for reckless contested shots. His vision overall isn't great, uh, he's very streaky and inconsistent as a shooter. That's why he shot 33%. Uh, just needs to become more consistent. He gambles too much on defense. Uh, gets beat far too often when he's trying to get a steal. Uh, when he's just trying to make a big play. Instead of just playing overall good defense. Uh, and that just let, leads to him getting beat a ton off ball. And he needs a lot of work on off ball uh, defense. He needs to become better at rotating as well on defense. Uh, he much He must be better in the... Uh, Pick and roll defense as well. His effort can definitely be questionable uh, when you're watching him on defense. It's very uh if he he's a very raw athlete who definitely relies way too much on his athleticism and his basketball iq it's pretty questionable and like basically every other player who uh, plays at a juco college his uh competition is questionable i'm at the top 40 to 50 prospect i'm fitting best with the warriors because if he's put in a good culture uh and coaching i think his high ceiling could truly be unlocked my comparison for him uh, is gerald green and Norman powell two extremely athletic wings I really like the Norman Powell comparison, especially uh, if he just uh, becomes more of a skilled foot player uh, and continues to work on his game. I think he could be a Norman Powell type player. Norman Powell's a very solid role player. He's coming off a really good season for the Toronto Raptors. So if he can uh, become that, I think that'd be good for him. Uh, next, we got Miles Powell. He's a 23 year old, 6'2, 195 pound guard out of Satan Hall. He averaged 21 points, 4.3 rebounds, 2.9 assists on 39.8% from the field, 30.6% from three, and 79.5% of the line. Uh, my strengths are that he has great form on his jump shot. He can score the uh, off the dribble very well, he can uh, shoot the ball from quite deep uh he has the ability to hit difficult shots he and he can really score the ball in bunches when he gets hot he gets to the free throw line very well he's a pretty efficient shooter from the line uh, shooting 79.5 percent uh he has a very good first step off the dribble he has good touch around the basket and is a solid finisher Uh, very good ball handler and creates his own shot well moves well off ball and is a good rebounder for his size my weaknesses are that he uh, can take very poor shots he's very streaky as a shooter and though he can score in bunches when he's hot uh, when he's cold the difficult shots that he takes can just make it pretty ugly to watch him Uh, he can be a ball stopper at times he's uh, a lot too focused on scoring at times. His vision is just pretty unremarkable and average. He plays like a shooting guard, but but is undersized to do so. Uh, his defensive effort can be questionable at times. Uh, his lack of size uh, limit limits his fi- uh, finishing and def- defensive ability severely. He's a very old prospect with him being twenty three, uh, and there there's definitely a large question, uh, which is whether his play style will transition to the NBA or not. Uh, I have him as a top 55 to 65 prospect, and I'm fitting best with the 76ers because they need a big-time shot maker and creator off the bench. I have him compared to Carson Edwards, uh, two guys who are just really uh, big-time flame uh, flamethrowers who are undersized. and He's definitely uh, taller and has a little more size than Carson Edwards, but they're both just super uh, streaky shooters who can get hot at times and score the ball in bunches, but can also be very ugly. Uh, and just be a negative for their team uh, next i got ashton haggins he's a 21 year old 6 198 pound guard out of kentucky he averaged 11.5 points 3.9 rebounds and 6.4 assists on 40.4 percent from the field 25.8 uh, percent from three and 81 percent from the line my strengths are that he's an excellent feel for game and very good vision which makes him one of the best playmakers in this draft uh, pulled off some very very impressive passes i really like his ability to Uh, to facilitate he's a very good ball handler with some super nice in and outs and stop and goes that allow him uh, to get by his defenders his mix of very good ball handling and a nice first step allow him to get to the basket very well and he's a good finisher Uh, with that he gets to the free throw line uh, pretty often and is a good uh, shooter from there Uh, He's a very good player in isolation, excels at breaking down his defender uh, and either kicking it out to open shooters or uh, finishing at the basket. He moves very well on his feet, has good effort and IQ, which allows him to be a very good perimeter defender and one of the better ones in this draft. He does a great job of getting in passing lanes and forcing turnovers off the ball. He uh, has a great defensive motor and competitive spirit. Uh, and you will never question him playing hard on that side of the ball and he's overall a very smart player who always knows how to pace himself well uh, and just has a great feel for the game Uh, his weaknesses are that he absolutely must become more consistent outside shooter as a guard shooting 26 percent from three is just terrible and he still isn't a very comfortable shooter from out there shooting over two per game uh, just slightly over two per game, and a lot of times, it just seems like he's very hesitant from out there, his shot is a bit slow, and it'll make him hard, uh, it'll make it hard for him to be a good shooter off the dribble, he can throw up some wild shots, especially while attacking the basket, he's definitely good at attacking the basket, uh, but, Those wild shots hurt his efficiency a ton, and that's something that definitely needs to improve. Uh, He needs to cut down on his turnovers. He averages 3.4 per game, Uh, can throw a lot of wild passes sometimes. He can be too aggressive on the defensive end, causing him to get beat off ball, even though that's not necessarily a big issue. Uh, He doesn't have standout size or athleticism and is still somewhat of a raw player who's going to need patience from whatever team does end up drafting him. Uh, I'm as a top 40 to 50 prospect and I'm fitting best with the Wizards because they need defense desperately and could use a good backup point guard for the future. They have Ish Smith now. Uh, but he's definitely not uh, a point guard of the future for them. And I'm compared to Patrick Beverly uh, and Alfred Payton, two really good defensive guards. I especially like the Alfred Payton comparison with Alfred Payton uh, struggling with the shot a lot, but being an excellent playmaker uh, and being a very good defender. So yeah, I like Ashton Haggins. Next, I got Nate Hinston. He's a 21-year-old, 6'5", 5 200-pound guard out of Houston. He averaged 10.6 uh, points, 8.7 rebounds, and 2. Uh, zero assists on 41% of the field Uh, 38.7% from three and 75.6% of the line my strengths are that he's good shot form Uh, he shoots the ball very well he has the ability to score both out of the catch and the dribble he's great in transition a good ball handler finishes out the basket pretty well solid and smart playmaker even though he's never probably going to be a big assist guy Uh, he has good size and length he has a 6'9 wingspan which definitely helps him a lot Uh, He's an incredible rebounder for a wing who's really prideful about getting extra possessions for his team and stopping the other team from doing so. I saw so many times where he just simply put in way more effort than the uh, other guys around him and would really get up for rebounds. And even if he's falling, uh, he just plays with so much heart. Uh, He's a great off-ball defender who does a very good job of reading passing lanes and closing out on shooters. He does a great job of really getting under opponents' skin while defending them off-ball, getting them frustrated, maybe causing them to make a lazy pass or... And just give the ball up if they're a good offensive player. Uh, He's an incredibly high motor player who really just leaves it all out there. He's one of those players who's going to dive for loose balls. He's going to really hustle back in transition, uh, even if it looks like he um, may not be able to get all the way back. He uh, gets out in transition well and uh, makes sure to get Uh, Make sure to take advantage of all the opportunities he can. Uh, He really gets up for the rebounds like I was talking about. He's a very good athlete with an impressive leaping ability, uh, which definitely helps him to uh, be a pretty good uh, shot blocker for a guard. Uh, He can have some nice uh, chase downs here and there. Uh, And he brings just all the great intangibles that you'd want for any team. Uh, And though he can handle the ball well, uh, he de- it's not really something that he goes to that often. He doesn't really ever project to be a star player, especially on the offensive side of the ball, as he wasn't a high-usage player in college uh, and was just a player who took advantage of the opportunities that he got uh, and really uh, didn't go out of his way to be a big-time scorer. Uh, and he's not the most talented guy, definitely much more of an intangible player. Uh, and I would like to see him create his own shot more. I've at the top 35 to 45 prospect. I'm very high on him. I'm fitting best with the Hawks because uh, he'd be just the pitcher perfect guard next to Trey Young, a guy who can rebound the ball, defend very well, and is just a great hustle player. The Mavericks uh, would be a seamless fit next to Luka Doncic and the Wizards. They need defense and rebounding very badly, so he'd be perfect. I'm compared to Marcus Smart and DeAnthony Mellon. Uh, DeAnthony Mellon is a very good defensive guard uh and that's where that comparison comes from he can also shoot the ball pretty well and then mark the mark smart comparison comes from just the hustle and the intangibles uh things and yeah i love nate hinson one of my favorite prospects in the nba draft uh, next, we got Naj- Najee Marshall. He's a 22-year-old, 6'7", 220-pound uh, forward-slash-guard out of Xavier. He averaged uh, 16.8 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 4 assists on four, 44.5% of the field, 28.6% from three, and 71% from the line. Um, my strengths are that he's a very good NBA-ready frame with a ridiculous 7-foot wingspan. Uh, he's a good first step that allows him to blow by defenders. Uh, he's very good touch around the basket. He finishes well through contact. Handles the ball pretty well for his size. uh, Can create his own shot uh, and hit shots off the dribble. An above average passer for for a wing who can make a variety of really nice passes. He had some uh, just great passes in there, especially out of the pick and roll. Can throw some really nice bounce passes to his big men. Uh, He's very good in transition. He's a willing shooter. He's an active defender who uh, shows good effort and IQ on that end. A good off-ball defender and a great on-ball defender who uses his link length and athleticism to his full advantage and he uh, is definitely a switchy player who can uh, guard probably i'd say one through three pretty well uh he's an and he's overall a very good athlete my weakness is he must become a more consistent three-point shooter needs to improve his three uh free throw shooting he has some pretty weird mechanics uh and his uh, poor free throw shooting is definitely not a good sign for his shooting. Uh, he can be very lazy on offense and could take some just deep threes and step back jumpers uh, early in the shot clock that he simply just isn't very good at yet. Uh, he needs to attack the basket more. Adding maybe a floater or, or a bit more of a post game uh, to his arsenal would help a lot and make him more of a versatile offensive player. He can become too out of control on offense leading to too many turnovers. He must become a better off ball player as he doesn't really understand Uh, Seem to understand uh, spacing too much yet and is like in the wrong place a lot of times and you've far too often seems like he's just standing around or he's just setting lazy screens that really don't do anything for his team. I'm at the top uh, 55 to 65 prospect. I'm fitting best with the Wizards because they need defense very badly. And the very good shooters around him could help him hide that weakness. I'm compared to uh, Bruce Brown and Justice Winslow. The Justice Winslow comes from him being a big uh, forward who can play make very well. And Bruce Brown is another guy who can actually play make pretty well and is pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. I especially like that Bruce Brown comparison. Next, uh, we got Sam Merrill. He is a 24-year-old uh, 6'5", 205-pound guard. Out of Utah State, he averaged 19.7 points, 4.1 rebounds with 3.9 assists on 46.1% from the field, 41% from three, and 89.3% uh, percent from the line. My strengths are that he has uh, great form on his jump shot. He's an elite free throw shooter who can get to the line very well. Uh, he's great at running off screens and just moving off ball as a whole. Uh, he can shoot off the dribble very well. He's a solid ball handler. He's one of the best. Uh, shooters in the entire draft and should carve a role in the nba based ju- just off that uh, he has good touch around the basket a very solid uh, player who does a good job um, of limiting turnovers and finding open teammates uh, he's solid size with him being six five. Uh, he's a smart defensive player who does a good job of putting himself in the right position. And he's just overall a very smart player who has great feel for the game. And with him being a shooter, with him being an older player who really knows himself, you should be able to make him m- an immediate impact in the NBA. Uh, my weaknesses are he's very limited as an athlete. Uh, he, w- he will struggle to guard uh, quicker guards in the NBA as he lacks uh, the quickness and length to be a good defender. Uh, he'll struggle a lot to get to the basket due to his lack of burst. Uh, Has probably already hit a ceiling as he's 24 and his limited athleticism leads to that ceiling being pretty low. Uh, Just not many weaknesses. He's overall a pretty well rounded player. It's just more his athleticism and his age that uh, hurt him uh the most as a prospect i'm as a top 50 to 60 prospect i'm fitting best with the 76ers because he could be a just a really nice shooter for them and they have so many good defenders that he could be hitting on that end i haven't compared to uh Bryn forbes and lynx and galloway i especially like the lynx and galloway comparison uh someone who can really shoot the ball but i i uh, put Bryn forbes there too because uh he can handle the ball a little bit as well and can play make uh and yeah i like sam merrill a lot i think he could be very impactful for a team and lastly, we have Mason Jones. He's a 22 year old, 6'5, 200 pound guard out of Arkansas. He averaged uh, 22 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 3.4 assists on 45.3% of the line, 35.1% uh, from three, and 82.6% of the free throw line. My strengths are that he's an excellent ability to get to the free throw line. He shot 9.1 per game. That's really, really good stuff from from him. Uh, he's a very good free, uh, free throw shooter. Uh, he he has a good three-point shooter who can shoot uh, both off the catch and the dribble. He has an impressive ability to hit both sidestep and step-back threes, which is a really nice thing uh, for his game. He has good shooting form. He has some pretty good craft, uh, craftiness around the basket, and this is a solid finisher overall, and he can really score the ball and bunches while he's hot. He's a very solid overall scorer. Uh, he's a very good off-ball player. He's a willing and smart passer, and he's a smart defender who does a good job of rotating and closing out to shooters. Uh, and he's just a natural scorer who has a uh, good feel for the game overall. My weaknesses are he's limited as an athlete. His lack of uh, vertical leaping ability limits him as a shot blocker and a slasher. His average foot speed definitely causes him uh, to guard against quicker players on the perimeter. Uh, he's not very good uh, in the pick and roll as he struggles to get around screens. His lack of burst lim- limits his ability to get to the basket. Uh, he struggles to finish through contact sometimes. Uh, He needs to cut down on his turnovers for sure, average 3.2 per game with him only averaging 3.4, so that's unacceptable. Uh, He can definitely be inconsistent as a shooter, and overall his ceiling is limited uh, due to his athleticism not being great i'm as a top 45 to 55 prospect i'm fitting best with the 76ers because they need some shooting and scoring off their bench that i've come compared to malik beasley another very good scorer who's just a natural bucket i don't think he's ever going to be as good as malik beasley because malik beasley is a very solid player but i think he can be solid now moving on to nfl week nine we have some very interesting games to talk about in this one. First, starting off with seahawks versus bills Uh, The Bills were able to pull off the win against the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson probably had his worst game yet. Uh, It's coming off two not very good games for him. Uh, He completed 28 of 41 uh, attempts, had 390 yards and two touchdowns, but did have two uh, pretty costly interceptions in there. They could absolutely not get the running game uh, going really at all, especially because they got down uh, early. DK Metcalf continues to be just a dominant force for them, Uh, had seven receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. He's been one of the best receivers in the entire NFL this year. Uh, David Moore had four receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then uh, Russell Wilson also had two fumbles, uh, and they weren't able to recover either of those. They did uh, do a better job of getting after the passer. Uh, Jerron Reed had two and a half sacks. Jamal Adams had a sack and a half. Uh, Bobby Wagner had a sack. Carlos Dunlap had a sack in his first game with them. K.J. Wright had a sack. Uh, that definitely is something that they improved at, and that's been a big issue for them. But overall, their defense was atrocious. Their defense got absolutely carved up by uh, Josh Allen, and that's my big issue with the Seattle Seahawks is uh, their defense is just so so bad. Uh, and this is a b- good Bills offense that they're facing. Do not get me wrong, but 44 points, I'm scared about the Seattle Seahawks because they're really talented on the offensive side of the ball, especially when they have Chris Carson. They got a great running back, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, an excellent uh, receiving core with uh, dk metcalf tyler lockett and david moore that makes up such a good receiving core but their defense really scares me and i think that could definitely hold them back from being a true super bowl team because like if you look at that josh allen completed 31 of 38 passes for 415 yards and three touchdowns so when their offense isn't being super electric like it's been the entire year then i'm worried about him uh, worried about them uh, Josh Allen also had a rushing touchdown. Zach Mosh had a rushing touchdown as well. Stefan Diggs continues to be amazing like he's been the entire year for the Bills. I can't believe they got him for the value that they did because he is such an incredible player. Uh, he had nine receptions for 118 yards. John Brown had eight receptions for 99 yards. Gabriel Davis had four receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh Isaiah McKenzie had a touchdown as well, and so did Tyler Croft. Uh, Jordan Poyer and Tradavius White both got interceptions. That Tredavis White interception was massive and basically closed out the game for them. Uh, And then their defense didn't play perfect overall, but they did play some decent football uh, and made some big plays in uh, key moments, forcing turnovers, uh, forcing interceptions, forcing fumbles, and they did do a good job of getting after the quarterback pretty well. Uh, and yeah, this Bills team has looked very good all season. Uh, they're in a pretty weak, uh, NFC, uh, AFC East overall. Uh, basically the only other team that, uh, is even competition for them. is a very good Miami Dolphins team, but it looks like they're running away with this division and they've been very good this year. And I think this was a big prove it win uh, for them as I was, uh, kind of critical of them. And I just didn't know how, uh, good they could be, especially in, Uh, a playoff game against a great team but I mean against the Seahawks they played some excellent football and truly dominated on the offense side of the ball made uh, timely plays on defense so that was definitely a good sign for them and a great win for them Uh, next we're going to talk about Panthers versus Chiefs Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was very good in this one made some great plays uh, really kept them in the game very well. Had 310 yards and two touchdowns. Also had a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Christian McCaffrey came back. Uh, this was his first game in a while. He had uh, 18 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Also had 82 receiving yards and a touchdown. Just one of the uh, most ridiculous dual threat running backs we've ever seen. Curtis Samuel had nine receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. Robbie Anderson continues to be really good for them. He had nine receptions for 63 yards. Uh... And just overall, they played a really good game on the offensive side of the ball. Just played some very efficient football. I was disappointed by that last drive, though. That last drive, I feel like they were just way too conservative, uh, conservative on it. Uh, and were just going. they were just fine with settling for these uh, short passes. And then they kicked this super deep field goal that basically had no chance of going in. The field goal was like, what, 66 yards? That's, yeah, it was a deep, deep field goal. Uh, and yeah, they, uh, just were way too, uh, what is the word? They were way too passive in the last drive, but they did still play some good football. They played very good on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and also... Didn't really do a great job on defense, but this is the Chiefs we're talking about. It's one of the most electric offenses in the entire NFL. Patrick Mahomes honestly might be the MVP now. He uh, played great in this one, had 372 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Travis Kelsey was amazing for them, had uh, 10 receptions for 159 yards. Tyreek Hill went off uh, nine receptions for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a receiving touchdown. Marcus Robinson had a touchdown. This offense is just truly unstoppable. Like, you, you just can't do anything. Uh, but I am worried about this Chiefs defense. They have some nice pieces. Uh, Chris Jones is great, one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Tyron Matthew is a super versatile player who can play a bunch of different roles. Uh, but just overall, the defense hasn't been great this year, and they're, they just scare me a little bit because they've squeaked out of Uh, A couple too many games for comfort for me. I'd still have them as the best team in the NFL, but it's just something to think about and something to be worried about a little bit. Uh, Next, we're going to talk about Bears versus Titans. Oh, my Lord, this Bears offense was atrocious this game. They did score 17 points in the fourth quarter, but they didn't score a single point in the first three quarters. And Nick Foles Nick Foles just isn't the answer at all. He had uh, 36 completions on 52 attempts for 300. 35 yards and two touchdowns. He just can't get this offense going at all. Uh, And then David Montgomery was terrible too. He had 14 carries for 30 yards. Uh, Allen Robinson continues to be great like he's been the entire season. He had 81 yards. Jimmy Graham had a touchdown. Uh, He's been really good uh this season for them but yeah their offense just this is why I never believed in the Bears even when they started off being so good I have never been a believer in this Bears team their offense just simply is not good enough they have a very good defense and one of the better ones in the entire NFL they have some great pieces Eddie Jackson's one of the best safeties Kyle Fuller's a really good cornerback Roquan Smith is really good Khalil Mack is a beast like they have so many good pieces on the defense side of the ball Bilal Nichols is good like they got a lot Uh, but that offense just is holding them back so much and now they're in this weird position because it's like you would have wanted it to be like uh, Mitchell Trubisky carries them over for the first like eight games or so and then you put in Nick Foles but now that they put in Nick Foles it's not like you can go back to Mitchell Trubisky Uh, and honestly I'm not even confident in this team making the playoffs anymore I just don't think they're a very good team. But their defense did do a good job of exposing some of the Titans' weaknesses. Uh, and that's that even though Ryan Tannehill is a very good quarterback who's played some good football all year, his biggest issue is that uh, when you force him to really drop back when there's not the threat of play action, when the running game isn't doing as well as, uh, as it's been all year, and Derrick Henry only had uh, 68 yards on 21 carries, only averaged 3.2 on the ground. When you really force Ryan Tannehill to drop back on these things, third and six, third and nine, stuff like that, and force him to be a passer uh, that can uh, really just dominate you, then he's questionable. He had uh, 10 completions for 21 yards, uh, 10 completions on 21 attempts for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Yeah, that's just what scares me about this Titans team a little bit is that if Ryan Tannehill is forced to be a, a truly elite pocket passer, I don't know if he can Uh, deliver on that but A.J. Brown continues to have a ridiculous season Uh, I just get reminded every day that A.J. Brown was a Patriots fan and we drafted Nikhil Harry over him Uh, he had four receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown he's just been so great Uh, Desmond King had a defensive touchdown on a fumble recovery already making an immediate impact in his first game for them Uh, Jeffrey Simmons had a forced And overall, I mean, they uh, played some good football on the defensive side of the ball. The defense is not good by any means. Uh, And this Bears offense definitely made it look better than it is. But uh, I do like the pickup for Desmond Kane. And I think that definitely helps them. And we already see the impact. Uh, Next game we're going to talk about is Raiders first Chargers. Man, the the Chargers cannot catch a break at all. I feel so bad for Chargers fans. They're just so so close every single game, and they have such a good young quarterback who plays such good football. Like Justin Herbert was really good this game. He had uh, twenty eight completions for forty two yards uh, f- on forty two attempts. Uh, for 326 yards and two touchdowns and played some excellent situational football uh, and really was able to drive them down the field uh, in some key moments and put them in good uh, positions to score. Uh, Kalen Blodge had 15 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown uh keenan allen had nine receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown mike williams continues to be a beast for them uh that receiving tandem of keenan allen and mike williams is so so good and i love that justin herbert is being uh, put in a good position at least as far as teammates uh to succeed he also has one of the better tight tight ends at least when healthy in hunter henry uh And then on the defensive side of the ball, they really uh, didn't do much. They uh, got scored on, I mean, 31 points for this Raiders offense, which is really good. So I'm not really surprised that they uh, did so well. And they did not get after the quarterback at all. And they got carved up uh, by Derek Carr. And then yet again, they are just so, so close to winning. And they lose barely. I, I don't know what a catch is in the NFL at this point. I'm so confused what a catch is, but... Uh, they had the drop at the end of the game. Justin Herbert threw a good ball. I think the receiver didn't even make a bad play, uh, but it was counted as a drop. Uh, and They lost yet again another very close one. Uh, it's just heartbreaking every single time that the Chargers just uh, continue to lose these super close games. Uh, Derek Carr played some good football. He only threw the ball 23 times, but he had 165 yards, two touchdowns. Just played some smart uh, football and had some really nice deep balls here and there. Uh, Josh Jacobs was good, averaged 4.6 on the ground, had 65 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Booker averaged 8.5 on the ground at 68 yards and a touchdown nelson Aguilar uh, is actually having a really good season for them which is funny because he was like one of the most made fun of players in the entire league when he was on the eagles for having so many drops and now he's just legitimately been very good for this raiders team he has been an excellent deep threat he had uh, 55 yards and a touchdown darren waller had a ridiculous touchdown that was an incredible one-handed catch from him uh, and overall, this offense is just really good, uh, especially if Derek Carr can play some decent football like he's uh, been playing. They're going to be a, solid, a very solid offense because they have an excellent tight end, a great running game, and some uh, very good receivers who uh, can really take the top off the defense with some impressive speed. So, yeah, I just like this Raiders team a lot, uh, and I think they're going to be a playoff team. They've played some uh, really impressive football and uh, beat some good teams. Uh, and they beat a Chargers team who, even though they are 2-6, and six, do stay in games and pose a threat, at least in most games. So, yeah, that is a, a good win on their uh, record book. Next, talking about my favorite game of the night, uh, we got Dolphins versus Cardinals. The Dolphins have definitely grown to being one of my favorite teams. I absolutely love watching them play football. And the battle between Tua Tonga-Vailoa uh, and Kyler Murray was excellent in this one. We saw Tua's uh, best game of his career so far. Obviously, it's only his second game, but he was much better than he was his first game. Uh, He had 20 completions on 28 attempts, 248 yards, and two touchdowns. He showed some really nice mobility and did a great job of avoiding defenders. I was really impressed uh, by his uh, mobility in the pocket. He looked healthy as ever. Uh, He Um, made some very uh, timely plays especially when he was scrambling he had seven uh, carries for 35 yards and those were all very big carries Uh, Jordan Howard had a rushing touchdown Devontae Parker uh, continues to just be really good Uh, he is building off a really nice season last year he had six receptions for 64 yards Preston Williams who I am a big fan of had uh, 60 yards and a touchdown Mike Kosicki had 42 yards like this team is just really nice, and then their defense is so impressive. Uh, their defense has been one of the better ones in the NFL, uh, and they did a good job of at least somewhat containing an excellent Cardinals offense, which has been one of the better ones in the entire league. And I just think overall, this team is so well coached. I think Brian Flores is a phenomenal defensive coach, uh, and I just love like the energy that comes with this team, because they are... Fu- they're very far from being one of the most talented teams in the NFL, but they're very well coached and they go out there and they play very hard every night and they just uh, fight for each other. I I really, really like this offense team. I love what I saw from Tuatango Aloa. He just played some super efficient football, did a good job of running play action, uh, throwing the ball short. Uh, and then making big plays when it mattered, it was a very good game from him. Uh, and we just got to appreciate that we have such good young quarterbacks in this league. We saw a battle between two really nice young quarterbacks in Kyler Murray and Tua Vailoa. And then you think about it, in this draft, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Tua were all drafted uh, in the top six. And they look like they're going to be three of the better young quarterbacks in the league for years to come now. That is such exciting stuff. And then you got guys that you don't even know about, like Jordan Love, who has a pretty high ceiling. Uh, it's just really cool to see so many nice young quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. Uh, you got Kyler Murray having an excellent game in this one. He had 21 completions on 26 attempts, 283 yards and three touchdowns. And he's just Uh, maybe the best dual threat quarterback in the entire league. Uh, He had 11 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. Uh, And even though obviously uh, Lamar Jackson like had the most rushing yards uh, out of any quarterback by far last year, uh, and is probably still the best running quarterback. Kyler Murray honestly may be the fastest quarterback in the league. He is so fast. uh, And it's just such uh, a nice weapon for uh, Cliffs Kingsbury and this offense. Uh, and then mixed with the cannon of an arm that he has, uh, it's a true dual threat that is unstoppable, honestly. And he made so many just key plays, had a lot of nice rushes that were massive for them, uh, converted on multiple fourth downs that were just massive. Christian Kirk really seems like he's starting to break out for them. Uh, he's, he had five receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown. It seems like at least once every game he just... Uh, gets uh, open deep and gets a big completion for them larry fitzgerald is that savvy veteran who really doesn't care about his stats just wants to win uh he had four receptions for 54 yards and then they got their number one guy in deandre hopkins who even if he's not having a great game like this re- game he only had uh three receptions for 30 yards uh he's always going to be a threat and defenses have to pay attention to him at all times because he's so talented i just love the dynamic of this cardinals team their defense definitely could use some work but uh, I just really, really like this team, and I think they're playing some excellent football. They did a good job of getting uh, after Tua. I feel like he was uh, getting pressured a lot uh, for sure, and that was something that definitely worried me a little bit and is the one thing I'm worried about about the Dolphins is their offensive line. I think their offense is good. I think their defense is great. I think Tua is going to be really good for them, but their offensive line definitely worries me a little bit. Uh, But yeah, this was just one of the better games of the entire year. Uh, Back and forth duel between, I think, two very good coaches, uh, between two really good young quarterbacks. It just had everything you'd want uh, in a game. It was excellent. Lastly, we're going to talk about Saints versus Buccaneers. I am very, very worried about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Tom Brady was just straight up terrible this game. Like, there's absolutely no excuse for him. He... Was awful. They started off so so bad. Uh, it was thirty one to nothing at halftime. Like it was ugly, uh, and I just basically just stopped watching the game because it it was pointless. Because the game was over. Felt like before it even started. Tom Brady was twenty two for thirty eight, two hundred nine yards, three interceptions. I saw it was like his first three interception game and in like. A ridiculous amount of time. Uh, they didn't run the ball at all because they got down so early. They literally ran the ball five times. Uh, Mike Evans was good. Chris Godwin was good. Antonio Brown really wasn't involved too much, but he did uh, have uh, three receptions for 31 yards. Uh, and then their defense, which has been so good all year, got uh, just carved up by Drew Brees. He, Drew Brees looked way better in this one. Uh, but you can't even really blame their defense because if their offense is stalling this much, uh, if I having turnovers uh and then putting them in such bad positions you really can't blame this defense and i'm i'm just worried about the buccaneers team i was so high on them and when they had that win against the packers i was so happy i was like yes this is what i thought could happen they're gonna be one of the best teams in the nfl and then they had a super unimpressive win against the giants and i wasn't that worried because it was that like typical you're playing against a bad team uh and you're really confident, and then you just go out and don't play a good game. But at the end of the day, they won the game, and that's what matters. But then this game against a divisional rival uh, who's going to be competing with them, this is a scary loss for them. Drew Brees had 26 completions on 32 attempts, 222 yards, and four touchdowns. Even Taysom Hill had two completions for 48 yards. Jason, uh, Jameis Winston had a completion for 12 yards. Taysom Hill also had 54 yards on the ground. Uh, Alvin Kamara didn't even run the ball that much, uh, but he did average 4.4 per carry and had a touchdown. Uh, Latavius Murray uh, had 39 yards on 10 carries. They, they just played excellent football. They have Michael Thomas back, and you really saw the impact of Michael Thomas. Uh, it's just such a big coincidence. Uh, Michael Thomas comes back and Drew Brees has by far his best game of the season so far. Michael Thomas is such a big impact for this team and though he can be very annoying on social media, you got to credit Michael Thomas. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, even when he's only having 51 yards, he you can just see his impact so much. Uh, Mano Sanders had a touchdown. Auden Trotman had a touchdown. Josh Hill had a touchdown. Traquan smith had a touchdown. Uh, and then they made some big plays on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, David uh, onyeta had an interception, and Marcus Williams all had interceptions this one. They uh, did a good job of getting after the quarterback. Trey, uh, Trey Hendrickson had two Uh, two sacks Malcolm Brown had a sack overall they just played a damn near perfect game Uh, and then the Buccaneers played basically the worst game I've seen them play it was the perfect storm for a big blowout and it was an incredibly disappointing game Uh, I really hope the Buccaneers can bounce back because they are a super talented team have a great offensive line uh, have great weapons uh, at the receiver position have a great defense with a lot of nice pieces on it But they simply have to play better. This was an inexcusable loss, uh, at least for the way they lost. They could have lost this game, and it could have been a close one. And though it would have been uh, frustrating for them to lose because this is a divisional rival who now they've lost to twice and have basically uh, lost their chance of getting the number one seed now in their division. Uh, if they lost a close one where Drew Brees and Tom Brady would have been going back and forth and at the end of the day they got outplayed, then that would have been fine. But a 38-3 to loss where Tom Brady plays atrocious and then this team as a whole plays atrocious, that is definitely scary for me. But yeah, that has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I'm really proud of that one. I hope you did enjoy. And yeah, it's been Michael. Peace out.